0: Welcome to Common Fan Commentary. I am your host, Adam. Over here with me is Nick. How you doing, Nick? Doing good. Glad to be back. All right. And today we're going to be talking about Super Bowl 55, 5, LV, right? Yes, 55. At some point, they just need to like say the year instead of the number (laughs) because I lose track every time. But we got Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nick, how do you see this matchup playing out? Very, very interesting matchup. Uh, obviously, you got the legacy that is Tom
1: Brady. Uh, he's got six uh, Super Bowls, going for his seventh. A on the line for Mahomes. This is his chance to really, I mean, he already won one last year, but if they want to establish themselves as the next dynasty, this, this is the time. You got to win this one. I think Mahomes has to win this game. Uh, the Chiefs have to win this. Brady's pretty much playing with house money. He's really got nothing to lose. He's right now the greatest quarterback of all time. We can have that conversation again, hopefully at the end of Mahomes' career with the way it's gone so far. I would have uh, liked to see Mahomes versus Rodgers more, but this is a a good consolation prize. Uh, I think we all expected the Chiefs to be back here. It looked a little rough down the stretch, but they showed us they got that on-off switch that they can just turn on at any moment, and they certainly did it against the Bills because that game got out of hand really quick, and... I have a feeling that they're probably going to do it again in the Super Bowl. I'll give the Bucks' defense a little bit more of an edge than the Bills, but it's looking like it's going to be more of the same.
0: Yeah, I think Brady's going to be, this is the time where he gets to prove that he's not just the system quarterback that we all wish he was. This just shows that he probably would have won Super Bowls without Bill Belichick. Just by the way he's played this year, especially at age 50 or <laughs> however old he is now. With the Chiefs, you are right that uh, consistency kind of has been their killer this season. But, I mean, when they're off, they're off for only a few possessions. And then when they're on, they're scoring. Tyreek is having 300 yards and three TDs, which he had against the Buccaneers earlier this year. So, hopefully the Buccaneers can figure out a way to not let Tyreek have a monster game yet again. Uh, their defense has always puzzled me this year. They've been so stout against the run and they have such elite pass rusher pass rushing talent with Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, um, even Adam Kinsu and Vita Vea in the middle. It just feels like they just don't shut down the pass as well as they as well as they can the run and it's kind of surprising to see that. I mean, Mahomes is amazing at eluding pressure and he's got that cannon of an arm and can make he just has that superstar X factor ability. Do you think any other teams really deserve to be in the Super Bowl, other than the two teams we got.
1: You know, I really thought it was gonna be the Green Bay Packers. They they played phenomenally throughout most of the season and uh a few a few coaching malpractices that was pretty evident throughout this whole uh whole championship weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Punting we on your sure opponent's from, uh, if, forty. Let's let's just talk about this for a second. If you're down one score and you have a minute 30 left in the game, it's fourth down, you're in the red zone, just go for it because guess what? You're giving the ball back to Tom Brady with a minute 30 left. He's done this for almost 20 years. What do you think is going to happen? We all know what's going to happen. They're going to get the first down. They're going to make you waste all your timeouts. They're going to get another first down, and then the game's over. It's happened over and over again. So I don't know what the hell is going on in Michael Four's head during that situation. But you just go for it because even if you get the stop, you still have to score.
0: That's what I loved about the Chiefs game is when Mahomes got hurt in the divisional round and it was they had Chad Henney having to win the game for them. It, they were on their own 40 with fourth down. And instead of trying to punt and let your defense win you the game, they said, no, we're going to finish it right here, right now. And they went for it on fourth down. And that's that's what football is. Not punting on your opponent's 40 at Mike Rabel, <laughs> at Matt LaFleur. It, it kind of boggles me, though, because what are they thinking in the, in the process, right? W- would you rather take a chance on Aaron Rodgers making a play for you or your defense stopping Tom Brady? That's really the gamble that he took. And obviously, took the wrong route there, Chief. But with the Packers, I think they definitely had the most dynamic offense this year. Um, but when it came to playoff time and they faced tougher competition, it, it was very weird to see Rodgers did not look his usual self. He was definitely off his game, making some throws that he typically doesn't make, very uncharacteristic interceptions. When you face Tom Brady, you can't make mistakes. Just, that's just how you lose the ball game is if you turn the ball over against Tom Brady, he will not in playoff time. And that, I mean, that's what killed the Saints. That's what killed the Packers. That's, they're just playing much more efficient football, making less mistakes than the other team. But I think if the Bucks want to win this game, I think they have to not only make less mistakes than the Chiefs, but they have to overcome that insane ability that they, the Chiefs have to, to just hit that switch and score 50 points. So who's your pick? Super Bowl 55 champion. I'm going to play it safe, go with the uh,
1: the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I won't be surprised. If Tampa comes out, they play aggressive on offense, and they take some risks on defense trying to force some turnovers. I think you could see it kind of spin in their favor, but the Chiefs just look unstoppable whenever they choose to. And there's always that one play in the game. When they turn, well, you can tell they turn the switch on. It's that little ten yard pass to Tyree Kill, who then jukes twice and then goes for about seventy yards before he's even touched by anybody else. And then they're on the ten yard line, and then Andy Reid draws some crazy play up where they just oh well, the tight end is just now wide open apparently, and they score. But I feel like that's it's just going to happen all game. The the Tampa will try to make a run at it. You know they'll get it close, and the Chiefs just keep pulling away and pulling away. So. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm gonna say I think it's gonna be a little more high scoring than normal. I wanna say like
0: More than the Patriots Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a disaster. That um, was the worst Super Bowl I have ever watched in my entire <laughs> life.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was bad. No. Um I'm thinking about maybe Thirty-five Chiefs 35, Tampa 24. Oh, okay.
0: Anytime that I have thought Brady was out, which I think this is a very tough challenge for him, going against a very good team, he always, always breaks my expectations. I mean, that's just why he's in the, always in the conversation for greatest of all time. He mm-hmm. definitely has a case for it. I'm never going to doubt him because he's proven me wrong every time I have. So, I'm going to go with Bucks. The Chiefs will have to put it in Brady's hands to end the game, and then Brady's mm-hmm. just going to be Tom Brady. Let's go 34-31. 31-28. Go. 34-31. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, game-winning field goal. I can see that. Or right, game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Because no way, no way it's going to be a Ryan suck up for the win.
1: No. Uh he's going to f- I don't know who's going to if that situation happens, I already know who's throwing it to you. It's going to be Scotty Miller is going to be catching the game-winning
0: touchdown. I already know. It. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or he, Miller's just going to make and that you know Julian Edelman type catch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I won't. I won't be surprised at all if that happens. And it'd be a lot more entertaining if it if it does. I I think everyone's expecting
0: it to just be Chiefs all out, but don't be surprised if the Bucks can Bucks can come out on top. Are you one for Super Bowl uh, commercials? Like, are you one of those guys? I'm more interested
1: in the game, but like, hey, there's some entertainment in between whenever we take a break, because, you know, in a football game, there's so many goddamn commercials, and it that's the worst part about, I think, sports in general, that they have a <laughs> lot of breaks in. Because, I mean, throughout, like, the three hours that the game is on, about, like, 15 minutes of it is, like, actual, like, people actually playing football, uh, where you take away, like, play clocks and they're getting set and everything. It, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, this is something extra. And um, there's, you know, some years there's some real stinkers. But every now and then Doritos always puts out a good one. <laughs> I always look forward to that one. Hashtag uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not too invested in them. Yeah. For me, I I feel like it's been a few years since we've had, like, a lot of those, like, hits, you know? The past years that ad agencies haven't been as – they just haven't been on their game lately. And I feel like this is going to be the year, though, that they're going to pull out, like, all the heartfelt commercials, you know? Because, I mean, this year has been – this past year has been rough. But I feel like yeah. everyone's going to be like, we're all, we've are we all survived this together. Buy yourself a Mountain yes. Dew. I, I think this year we're, we're not going to see any of the funny commercials, even though that's kind of the only ones I would care to pay attention to. But yeah. The Super Bowl brings everyone together like it's a holiday. And that's kind of what I love about it is – People who don't watch a single game of football will still go to a friend's house to watch the Super Bowl, and yes. you'll you'll still get people together. And hopefully this year that people can do it safely. But it just feels like so nice that we have like just another holiday in America.
1: Yeah, on the Monday after the Super Bowl has needs to be a national holiday. <laughs> no, no one should be forced to go into work after knowing what we're all going to consume on on Super Bowl Sunday
0: kind of a different storyline that I thought we could talk about today is how this offseason is the off season of the quarterback change. And what I mean by that is this is probably the highest variance in the amount of quarterbacks that will change teams. It'd be interesting to break it down because like, there's a lot of teams that are rebuilding now. And like a lot of me, we saw, we didn't see as many coach firings this year, but we did, we are seeing a lot of quarterbacks who are wearing different jerseys this next year. I mean, like lat- this past year, we saw like Phil Rivers in a Colts jersey and disgruntled players and disgruntled front offices. So, first one I feel like we should talk about the bit, probably the biggest one, biggest storyline is Deshaun Watson. He has officially submitted a trade request. I um, mean, he has a no-trade clause, so he's basically gets to tell them, "Here's wh- who you get to trade with." Where would you see Deshaun Watson ending up? You know what? I think it'd be really funny if he winds up in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the team that passed up on him at the number with the number two overall pick, or sorry, they had the third pick, traded up to two to take uh, Mitch Trubisky, which still baffles my mind when you had Watson and Mahomes available. Uh, so you know, maybe they can kind of right that wrong, probably get their their franchise quarterback. Uh, I think a more realistic option is probably going to be uh, Miami or the Jets. They These are two teams that have the draft capital. The Miami has a third overall pick. The Jets have the second overall pick. They basically are giving the Texans a instant answer at possibly getting another franchise quarterback with those picks. Obviously, it won't be Trevor Lawrence because he's expected to go number one overall to the Jaguars. But you still have Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, there's a good crop of quarterbacks that are coming in, and it would give the Texans a chance to kind of rebound a little bit because they're going to get a haul for him. They're not going to trade him for nothing. They do have – even though they have no leverage because, as you said, he can basically tell them where he wants to go. So I I think signs are pointing more likely to Miami and the Jets, and I think he winds up ultimately in a
0: in a Dolphins jersey. I can see – I mean, okay. So let's, let's talk about the Deshaun Watson scenario again. I mean, he's been – a little unhappy since they traded Hopkins, right? And we saw the team do so poorly, so poorly. The team, it's the Texans have, they pay their players the most. They have the least amount of cap space in the league in this past season. And you get the third overall pick, but you traded that to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsil, who you signed $20 million per year, fire Bill O'Brien midseason, And then you're looking for a new coach, You have some superstars on your team who are already unhappy. And instead of asking Deshaun Watson, hey, who would you like to hire? Maybe just get his opinion. They just don't even listen to him at all. Hire the passing game coordinator from Baltimore, who, if you don't know, Baltimore finished last place in passing, which I understand Lamar Jackson, he's going to run the ball, and that's going to take away from your passing. Nonetheless maybe the running game coordinator from baltimore would be better. So you don't even ask your franchise quarterback, the best quarterback that this franchise has ever had, to even get his opinion on who the next coach should be. Yeah, I'd be a little I'd be a little pissed too if I was Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So, the other funny part
1: about the coach they hired, he was also the passing game coordinator for the Chiefs when they threw no touchdowns to wide receivers in a full season.
0: <laughs> I remember that yes. season, yeah.
1: Yes. Their best, yeah, granted their best wide receiver was was Dwayne Bowe, but
0: come on, <laughs> uh, really? Gosh. Well, so the Texans, you made your bed, you got to lie in it now. You got to get something for Deshaun Watson because he is an elite talent. I do agree with you. I think my, Miami is going to be the best uh, destination for him. I mean, they they went ten and six with the two quarterback system with the uh, Fitzception and Tua. I mean, they got a lot of promise. They have so much draft capital. Like if. You were to plan a rebuild, the Dolphins have, in the past few years have been stellar. And that makes sense based on where they are right now. They went 10-6 and six and they still own the th- number three overall pick. It's kind of funny though, they get that pick from the Texans for a franchise left tackle and now with the third overall pick, they could select another franchise left tackle this whole thing just reeks of irony but I think Watson yeah, the Texans, the Texans essentially have to beg Miami to give them their own picks back <laughs> <laughs> exactly any deal you'd have to send some kind of quarterback to the Texans so we could see Tua in Houston potentially uh, which I think would be an interesting shakeup. there have been pictures of Watson in Dolphins gear uh, when he was in college and I mean Miami's a Great place for superstars to go. So Jets, I feel like, is less attractive. The only thing that they do have going for them is they don't have Adam Gase anymore. And they have a solid coach out of Robert Sala from San Francisco. But I feel like that's still a project. And if I was Deshaun, I would say, hey, do what you can to get me to Miami. And I feel like the Texans get the best return if they trade with Miami as well. Another veteran that in his last year of the con- of his mega contract is Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons. Matty Ice, former MVP, 28-3. to You see that? You see Atlanta change a quarterback? Uh, I do. Uh,
1: so they got the number four overall pick. There's a good shot that either, you know, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson will be available for them at that point. I think they're going to go ahead and move on. Um, and that's going to kind of signal, hey, you know, we're looking to – we're gonna trade Matt, Matty Ice. I think they're gonna move on. It's time to move on. They can kind of, you know, he's kind of, he's got that twenty eight to three stuck on him for the rest of his life in that uniform. I mean, that's I think, what you
0: get for playing for Atlanta. That's just Atlanta sports <laughs> in a nutshell, right there. What a what a sports city. I
1: I feel bad. I honestly do. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I think he needs he needs to change the scenery for his last few years in the league. Help him, you know, get him away from that. Make people kind of forget about it, even though they won't. But he—he's the—he's the the option that I see going to the Colts. I think he'd fit in well there too. Uh, I feel like the amount of
0: dead cap on his contract though kind of makes him a really hard asset to move because I think like the the Falcons would have to eat about like twenty five to thirty million just for one year, um, just in dead cap space to if they want to move Matt Ryan, which is kind of a tall order. I mean, I feel like the smartest thing they could do is draft their next quarterback. Let Matt Ryan play the last year, and he'll just be that mentor role. And then whoever they draft, whether it be Fields, Wilson, Trey Lance, yeah. one of them will just take over when Ryan is done. Kind of the way that, like, Alex Smith played in front of Pat Mahomes for a year. Instead of just throwing them out and taking a bunch of hits, just say, all right, right, we'll learn the offense, yeah. see how it works. Then you get your time. Um, I th- feel like that would be a lot smarter than trying to, like, force a move. You basically pay money for Matt Ryan to play on some other team. Jameis Winston. Where do you see him ending up? Famous Jameis, former Heisman. 30 and thirty <laughs> touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He spent this past year with the Saints yep. as a backup. Um, even when Breeze was hurt for a few games, they played Taysom Hill. So do you see him re-signing potentially with the Saints, or do you see him moving on to a different team?
1: See him staying with the Saints. Uh, I think. I mean, they they got him for a reason. I think they see something in them that can help with their offense. I don't think. I mean, he Saints threw that fifty-yard could... touchdown pass. That was the bet. That was the, that was the longest play of the games. season. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them rolling out Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback because you know you kind of need your quarterback to to throw Taysom Hill's. You know, he's good for those wrinkle plays, which they were able to use a lot more. Want to say about maybe like three years ago when Brees still has some of his arm strength? No man, don't don't make me feel sad, man. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that Minnesota Miracle season was kind of it. They needed to win it that year because that that was the last we saw of his quote unquote what was left of his arm strength. But yeah, I don't I don't see them rolling out Taysom Hill in like a run first offense. You gotta this is a this is a very pass heavy league. The fastest way to score is is to throw, and they do have a they already have a solid running game with Kamara. They don't really need to to add on to it too much. I think they're gonna resign Jameis, and I think Jameis is gonna be their starting quarterback going into the next season.
0: I hope he is. Um, I mean, he just he has that big playability. I think he just needed the system that can work with him, basically help him make those decisions down downfield. Uh, I mean, he did. Recently, get LASIK eye surgery after his thirty and th- thirty touchdown, thirty interception season. Um, so maybe that vision could help. I think the Saints. I think the Saints were smart. <laughs> the Saints were smart in not playing him because now he's going to be a very cheap option because teams aren't going to be as invested in spending lots of money on a guy who played a few snaps. Um, instead, they're probably going to go after a more Proven commodity on someone who actually had playing time this past year, so I think they just created Jameis to be a this buy low candidate that they can just re-sign, and God knows they they need help with their cap situation. Um, they're already ninety million over the cap for next year, which means they're going to have to release a lot of guys and restructure several several contracts. Um, they, they got a lot of accounting stuff to deal with but I hope Jameis ends up with the Saints I feel like he'd be a good successor in Sean Payton's system and give them that deep playability again that they used to have but I feel like a team that I'll kind of want to look at that they did okay with having comeback player of the year future comeback player of the year he better Alex Smith at the helm is a Washington football team because they made the playoffs I mean given they were in the worst division of all time But they won their division with Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and Brandon Allen. And Taylor Hankey for a couple starts and in their playoff matchup. What can the Washington football team do to get over that hump? And actually maybe get a winning record to take over this seemingly available division? Is that going to be drafting someone late in the first round? Is that going to be someone, a free agent like Cam Newton maybe? Or maybe someone like Derek Carr?
1: I think they're going to be smart about this. I think their best option is going to be to try to get a late steal or to potentially try to trade up. I don't think Riverboat Ron likes the options that are going to be left after Stafford and Watson are in or with their new respective teams. Um, and I don't think they're going to spend the money or give up anything to get Matt Ryan. It's a very young team. They do need a new quarterback obviously. I think they're going to go... I think they're going to try to get one late or trade up. It's just a weird situation because the division last year was was so bad. Uh, (laughs) So bad that Daniel Jones didn't even throw for like 10 touchdown passes and the Giants almost won the division. Like, let's be honest. It was a terrible division. (laughs) Um... A team that the Washington football team lost to twice, by the way, which says a lot. Uh, For whatever reason, he seems to turn it on against them. But I just don't see – I really don't see what their options are. I I don't see it as an attractive free agent destination. I don't know – we don't know what Oakland wants to do with their car, if they're going to keep them or get rid of them. Uh, It's really just kind of a wait and see.
0: Oakland? What team is that? Oh, sorry. Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) I forget that too. Trust me. Honestly, I like Taylor Hankey. He balled out when scenarios where he came in late in games after one of their three-headed monster of Haskins, Smith, or Allen got hurt. I think Hankey, a AAF standout. I, I like the way he played. I mean, I hope they go with him. <laughs> I feel like he's the cheapest option for them, and he wasn't bad. He's got yeah, he's got a lot know. of skill on the ground as well. I mean, he's got that scrambling ability. Uh, he was just a lot of fun. He got he had that deep throw late in games to help clinch their division. All right. If you had one hot take, if you were the GM of this team, what like crazy move would you make? If I were any NFL GM. Okay.
1: So I'm going to kick Dave Gettleman out of his seat um, <laughs> and throw him down the river. Uh, <clears throat> respectfully. <clears throat> respectfully. I would take the Giants' next three first-round picks. I would take Daniel Jones, and I would take Saquon Barkley, and I'd call the Texans, and I'd say, "This is yours. Give us Deshaun Watson." That's because that's, that's a heavy haul. It is, uh, you know, and I—the I, reason I make it—we didn't really see any improvement out of Daniel Jones this year. Um, granted, he did change offensive coordinators, but. There are other quarterbacks that have changed offensive coordinators year by year and they haven't performed as badly as he did. There's no consistency from him. He had, he showed a little bit in his first year. He had a he had a lot of good games. He had a couple of interception games. You know, hey, maybe this kid's the real deal and he can run. And then this year he kinda got kinda got scared of running after he got hurt, obviously, but it I just think, think of the
0: play hit. where he's running for seventy yards and then he just fell over.
1: Yeah, which was you know, hilarious because if they if he had scored and they go on to win that game, they they would have been in the playoffs. I I think this is an opportunity to get a franchise quarterback, and people may say, "Well, isn't three picks a lot to give up?" Uh, I mean, it is, but there's no guarantee that any of those first round picks are going to wind up being Deshaun Watson. You know, we've seen we've seen number one overall picks be busts. We've seen teams that we think are going to get a good gonna get a good player top 10 that turned out to be don't even be on the team next year and that's the thing that's happened to the giants they traded up to get DeAndre baker and saw that turned out
0: <laughs> currently free agent
1: currently free agent uh <laughs> they took uh they took eli apple top 10 a few years back that was a disaster let's see eric flowers They took ninth overall the disaster so now granted Oh, and the biggest disaster ever was taking Saquon Barkley at second overall, because ever never take a running back top five unless you unless you have some freak year where your star players get hurt and you've already have the team built up. Then by all means, go ahead and do it. They had no foundation whatsoever, and that was their best pick that they've had since they took Lawrence Taylor second overall. You know they've never had a higher pick than that.
0: So and who, who it would felt you like have selected kinda, in that draft
1: then? You know, as of right now, you can say like, oh, well, it didn't really turn out well for, for that top three, aside from Baker, because it, you know he had a great season that made the playoffs. Uh, I would have rather taken Sam Darnold. I would have rather taken the quarterback, build up the team around the quarterback instead of the running back, sign players while he's on a rookie deal. You can build up the offensive line. You can get weapons for him. That would have been the better move. I don't think they would ever make that move, which is the sad part. Because I don't think Gettleman thinks that way, which, you know, they want to play smash mouth football, which can work when you have a good quarterback, but you have to be able to throw the ball because we see when they rely on Saquon Barkley, you know, the running game's not good. And then when he went out, and they put in Wayne Gallman. The running game improved because we didn't run, they didn't run 30 times a game, uh, <laughs> because they didn't have their star running back but you know it's it's the least valuable position in the game as running back they only last they only last five years at the most I mean look at David Johnson on the Texans he he's been in the league for six years and he has already washed <laughs> like this, I mean, this we saw it with Zeke happened. Elliott, too. Yeah, Zeke has not been the same as uh, Zeke we saw in his first or second year. It's it's just, it doesn't last, which is why you see, like, look at the Saints with Kamara. They took Kamara in the third round, and he's played the longest out of all of them. Running backs that are taken later, they're more valuable than running backs taken in the first round. They cost less. You don't have to sign them to a ridiculous first-round money. And then you're not ankle to, you're not weighted down by them. It's just a better move to take running backs later. I, I just don't get it. Anytime a team takes a running back at the first round, it just makes it makes no sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah, the earliest yeah, but, I feel like yeah. you should be taking a running back, especially in today's NFL, should be like the number 31 pick. Like that's the earliest you should be getting any sort of running back. But, yeah, like the Chiefs did with uh, Edward Elaire. Yeah. What do you know? That kind of that worked out. Because they're a smart team. Right. So, even the Washington football team, their leading rusher this year was a fourth round wide receiver, Antonio Gibson. So, like, why would you spend that high of an asset as a number two overall pick for something that will only last you a few years? Right. Exactly. A quarterback you can have for up to 20 good offense alignments can last up to 10. It's just kind of a, a position that I feel like you can plug and play people and still get production out of them. Um, so I, I do agree with you there. Um, I think three first rounders though, that's very nerve wracking because that's going all in on the Watson ex- experiment. If that doesn't go right, then you're giving the Texans basically all the Miami's picks back. I, I do I do like that take though. When was the last time the Giants had like an elite quarterback that wasn't named Eli Manning? Maybe Phil Sims? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I mean Phil Sims didn't even play one he he got hurt before one of the Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> the second Super Bowl that they beat the Bills in, he didn't play him. They had the backup playing him and the Giants still won. So <laughs> the only consistent elite quarterback the Giants have ever had is Eli
0: Manning. <laughs> oh my gosh. So all this transactional talk has got me thinking about a certain trade, kind of shifting over to hockey. It makes a lot of sense for it to happen. Um, it was Pierre-Luc Dubois, and for the Columbus Blue Jackets, has been obviously disgruntled. Um, I, if you really just want to see how much he does not want to be there, just look up Dubois, D-U-B-O-I-S, last shift on YouTube. His last shift as a Columbus Blue Jacket, he played for a total of three minutes in this game on ice, and he does not care. He, like, it looks like a guy who's not even at practice. Um, and it's going on during an actual NHL game. So they had to move him. He just does not want to be there. I mean, he's an elite level center. Probably a good second line guy. He works works well on the power play. So they swapped him for another disgruntled superstar in Patrick Lyonet for the Winnipeg Jets. So the whole trade was Dubois and a third rounder for Lyonet and Jack Roslevic, who's been going through a contract impasse with Winnipeg. So it's just a swap between one disgruntled superstar for another disgruntled superstar.
1: Winnipeg gets an elite center, uh, which is a very, very hot commodity. That is that is the position you want to be deep at, is at center. Um, it kinda, Winnipeg, I think, kind of came out on top of the trade because they get Dubois for this year and next year because he's on a two-year deal right now before his next extension. It's more of Columbus. I mean, they had to get rid of him, and this is just taking a chance with Liney. See how well he plays. See if he wants to resign. He's gonna he's gonna command a lot of money in the open market. He's an elite gold scorer. He's he performs in the playoffs. So you know they they can kind of sneak in there and make it. See what happens. See if he wants to resign. I don't think he will because I don't think anyone wants to stay in Columbus. <laughs> we saw it with the. Uh, Bobrovsky, and we saw it, obviously, with Panarin last year. Two guys that left after they made the playoffs and upset the number one, the number one seed in the NHL overall, which is Tampa Bay Lightning. And they still left. So I don't really see this as being too beneficial for Columbus. It'll be interesting to see, more interesting to watch Winnipeg now. They have an elite center four right now with, with Scheifele and with Dubois. I think they have they have Stasney's role, well, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they are they are stacked at center, which is exactly what you want, especially if you're making a playoff run. Yeah, I think Winnipeg, Winnipeg comes out on top of this trade, but we'll wait and see what happens with Columbus. I don't think line A's going to stay, but, you know, it's it's a risk they had to take.
0: Yeah, I, th- I did think it was interesting, though, because in the NHL draft in 2016, both these guys were the number two and number three overall picks. <laughs> so they just swapped them. Yeah. Line A, two. Dubois, three. Yeah, And yeah. they're part of the same trade. So I like Columbus's haul here because I think line a honestly is a better asset as a player. Uh, I know centers are you you rave about centers. I think line is a very elite scoring wing. And I think he, he he'll be good for a lot of years, given you can re-sign him to some kind of extension, which might be harder. But um, Roslovic, they just signed him on a two year. He's a good you know third line center at the moment. Um, and I think he can grow as well. So I think I like their haul um, a little more. Also, I think just the the fact that Dubois just ends his career in Columbus by that miserable effort. <laughs> I think I just, I, I like him a little less. You're still paid to play the sport. And just putting out that kind of effort for a city that drafted you, has you on a pretty decent contract. Columbus as a team struggle so much because of what you've mentioned. Like, <laughs> no one wants to stay there. Um, every every guy they have has left. Um, every superstar that's come out of there so far. So it's kind of like, how do you build a team around that? They do have a great coach, um, Tortorella, and Line a slots in weird with their team, unfortunately, because Lion is so offensive heavy, um, and their Tortorella just runs such a defensive scheming system. Um, yeah, it's
1: called a chill.
0: <laughs> this is just a one of those trades that just you have a sour taste afterwards of it's just no one was happy Dubois was probably it was trying rumor to be wanting to go to Montreal probably a larger market team at the very least and then he gets sent to Winnipeg Dubois probably isn't the most thrilled about that but so many trades this year just sour taste in the mouth do you see either of these teams now contending because of this trade
1: not really look if you look at the past Stanley Cup winners the number. One similarity between them all is they all have at least two or more elite centers. Look at the Lightning. They are the deepest team probably the NHL has ever seen. I mean, Jesus Christ, they're still in first, and they don't even have their best player. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we rave about uh, Colorado, too, with McKinnon and Cobb. Like the, that, is, that is the formula. You get, you get your elite centers, and you, you work in from out. It kind of makes sense in terms of offensive production. The Penguins with Crosby and Balkan. like that's that's been one and two for a while now, and that's 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 come out to three three Stanley Cups. So it, it's there, and we see it. And same thing with the Kings when they won their two titles. You know, Anze Kopitar, Jeff Carter, like they're deep at center, and that's that's the formula to winning a Stanley Cup, especially in the playoffs, or just performing well in the playoffs. Is those teams that go deep have those elite centers. Now, Winnipeg does have that with Shifley and Dubois, but again, I don't think they have the firepower around them to perform like these other elite teams. It definitely doesn't make Columbus a contender. They, I don't think they were a contender to begin with. I think in our preview, we didn't really think that much of them, to be honest. I don't Winnipeg, even know
0: if we mentioned them.
1: Yeah, I don't even think honest. we did. And then Winnipeg <laughs> and we uh in the uh, Canadian division, I I mean, they're not going to catch Toronto or Montreal or it, I just don't see it happening.
0: Uh I kind of have to agree. It, it's just these are the smaller market teams and it it's kind of unfortunate that they can't haul in at the free agents that uh, L.A., New York, and this is just kind of a one for one swap. They're both—I <laughs> mean, they're both—they're from the same draft class. They're 22 years old. Winnipeg gets the dump, Jack Roslevic, who's been unhappy in contract negotiations, to another team as well. I, I just hate these trades, hating where they are, forcing a move, just not happy with management, and then when it's o- finally over, Laine and Dubois have been rec- wanting out for a long time. Man, you, you can't feel good after these. How happy were you that uh Alexei Lafreniere scored his first uh NHL goal after six, Fantastic. six games. <laughs> yeah, finally gets the elephant off his back.
1: I you know, you just kinda wait for that first one to come and he'll be more comfortable in the game that they're playing. But uh it was exciting. Uh obviously number one overall pick. Uh finally busting through. They the record doesn't show up, but they've been they've been playing pretty solid. Some pretty solid hockey. Um I think the rookie to actually look more towards is Keandre Miller. He has been lights out, and he is going to be on the top Rangers defensive pair for the next ten years. That is how productive he's been to start this season, and how good he looks.
0: It kind of—I thought Tony D'Angelo was going to be that guy. He obviously not this season, but
1: <laughs> I don't see him. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see the Rangers. I really don't see the Rangers holding on to him. They've been linked a lot to uh, another superstar who is probably going. Or has shown unhappiness with his team in Buffalo, and that's Jack Eichel. Oh, and they've God. been they've been linked to him a couple times, and that's going to be a piece to watch. But won't see anything of it probably till the end of this season. i will be surprised if if he gets moved before that. But I think that, that's a, that's another big name to watch to be moved.
0: Oh man, Jack Eichel to the ring—that'd be a heck of a first line.
1: Be the final piece of the puzzle.
0: My goodness high hopes for you i guess that is all the time that we have today guys thank you so much nick for stopping by anytime we will catch you all next time